Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we are back after the holiday break where we saw no hockey for a while, unfortunately. We're going to talk about that and um, talk about the Ducks and what happened when they came out of the break. They didn't uh, start out so well, but uh, now they've won a couple games, so we'll go into that. Plenty of trade news with Anaheim uh, involving Arizona is out there now. We also have Vegas Knights rumors in there to talk about. They also had a minor league trade, which doesn't really affect much uh, involving McTavish, but we'll we'll mention that as well. And just stuff going on in the league. It's it's been crazy with all these um, you know players missing, and now they added the taxi squad and all that. So we're going to break that all down for you. Plus, plenty of your fan questions. But uh, first off, I want to wish everybody a, a happy uh, New Year. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas as well, and that that went uh, good for everybody. Uh, mine was pretty entertaining. I had family that um, has moved out of California, so I ended up having like three Christmas celebrations, which was which was fun. I got pretty fat on food uh, during that time. And then I also went to Vegas on New Year's, as some of you know, uh, for the Ducks-Knights game. And I'll talk about that more when we get to that game. But uh, how were your holidays, Eddie? you have a good uh, Christmas and New Year's? Oh, yeah, it was fun, really fun. Uh, I went to go see my mom. Uh, I didn't really do much, a lot of family stuff. I'm not into the family stuff that often. I did uh, kept a little tradition going. I like to go to a dive bar, one of the dive bars where I used to live in my old hometown. So I went over there by myself to have a couple beers, and it felt good, relaxation, and came back for another Christmas party. So that was fun. Uh, New Year's was, was amazing. Um, I didn't drink last year for New Year's. I stopped drinking after Christmas so I could lose all my weight. So... I had a boring New Year's last year, so I actually went out with friends. Uh, one of my friends, she came with me too, so we had a good time. Uh, it was just a, it was a perfect a perfect weekend. Uh, my birthday was that Sunday too, so it, it was just that party kept on going all week. Monday, I kind of kind of felt everything, but it was it, it was I couldn't ask for a better start of the year and everything. So I know we have a, another special birthday coming up this week too. Yeah, these Capricorns, man. Uh, I forgot to <laughs> mention that, too. Happy birthday, Eddie. And, yes, my, my birthday is coming up. Uh, what, are, what are we on? One of the 10th here? So it's coming up in five days. So that's why we get along. You know, we always joke about it. Uh, hashtag Team Capricorn, right? Um, so oh, always... yeah. It, it was cool, too. Thank you. Uh, I, I, you were the first person to give me a birthday gift, those tickets to the Ducks and Kings game next month. So that was pretty cool. Fortunate for you, uh, one of your seats has to be filled by a Kings fan, but we have a nice little bet going that if the Ducks win, she has to wear a Ducks jersey. But then on the flip side, if the Ducks lose, i got to wear a Kings jersey, and I've never put on a Kings jersey my whole entire life, so the Ducks better pull something off that game because I'm not going to be wanting to put a Kings jersey on. Oh, man. You, you just, you're just you just asking for trouble. It's <laughs> That's going to be interesting what happens with that. Yeah, you. Uh, I remember you had told me, that you were looking for uh, tickets, and then I was like, "Heck, dude, you can take mine and go. I, you know, it's all good. You know, go for it." So I'm glad it worked out. Uh, you know that you could go to the game, and yeah, hopefully they win. Obviously, we always talk about that. Regardless how the Ducks are doing, please always beat the LA Kings, right? That's one of our big things. Uh, secondly, the San Jose Sharks, right? We always want to beat those other California teams is a big thing. So, um, but yeah, so we. Um, had all the holidays and everything. Things went good. I hope, like we said, everybody out there, things went good for you as well. Um, a lot of stuff going on with the league. We left off with 
you know, what is the league going to do? How are they going to fix this? Uh, I still think there's more work to be done. We had a poll question, which we're going to save that to later in the show to talk about. Uh, but over the break, the Ducks brought back, or I'm sorry, the league brought back my favorite Eddie, the Taxi Squad, is back. So I, I, you know, we all laughed. We joked in our group chat. The guys are all giving me a hard time about the Taxi Squad. So I just want to say that I am actually happy about the Taxi Squad. I, I, I mean, it's a good idea. You know, expand the rosters. Um, you know, have more room with all the stuff going on. Uh, you know, with people being out and whatnot. You know, with either sick, not sick, whatever. And we'll dive into that more. So I'm happy about that. The thing I'm not happy about is when I do the game previews, as you guys all know, I, I, I added another section now with the Taxi Squad back in there. And for those of you that don't know, I, I get up <laughs> really early in the morning when I put together the game previews. And I, now there's just more things I have to double check, Eddie, and that's what drives me nuts. Oh, I bet. It's a, it's a weird time right now. Everything switches. Uh, you have games getting canceled right before games are supposed to start. You have players that are going to the, the protocol. You have players in practice being pulled off the ice and they're put on that protocol. It's just one of those things. It's, you got to constantly keep updating it. You got to keep keep on it, keep on your toes because things change within a, a, an instant in this uh, in what's going on right now. And it's kind of annoying, it's especially all these postponed games and then going to try to make them up. I, I just really hope this doesn't translate uh, come postseason where we're having all this kind of anarchy that's going on right now in the league. Yeah, because uh, you look at the Ducks before the break, right? They had those games in Canada that were canceled. Um, the league basically canceled. I, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like over 40 games. Or I shouldn't say canceled. I'm sorry. Postponed over 40 games, uh, mainly uh, contests between U.S. and Canada teams um, was the big thing. And then they were supposed to come back on the 27th. And that was the Ducks' first game, supposed to be against the Sharks, and they postponed that one. So the Ducks didn't get back into action until they played Vancouver. And I wanted to address uh, one fan's question we had on there. We had the Mighty Jerseys on Twitter. Uh, Jared, big follower, sends us lots of questions. He actually sent us this last time when we recorded, but you know we had it already gone through and didn't get to address this question. So I wanted to throw it out there now and, and get our perspective on it. Uh, but he talked about would this break be good or bad for the Ducks? And I kind of even want to expand that to everybody. And honestly, I'm we've had this discussion, I think, before, maybe the year or two before, Eddie, when it just, I mean, the world's been nuts the last two years. And, and I think when they had the break before and they came back and redid the, the season and all that with the, the crazy playoff format. But um, the whole argument, rest versus rust, I am not really a fan of having... Uh, you know, sitting out basically for a long time. I, I just don't think it's beneficial. I don't think the the rest helps as much. I mean, we kind of saw that with the Ducks in these games, right? Vancouver, Vegas, Colorado. I mean, they weren't pretty games, to be honest, those those three games. Um, so I'm not a fan of that. Unless you got a tons of, uh, you know, players that are out injured, uh, then, you know, you want to heal up and get those guys back. I could see that. But generally speaking, especially playing sports all my life, I, I, I think it kind of messes up with your gameplay and your rhythm, Eddie. I don't know if you feel the same or, or what you think about this rest versus rust argument. Oh, yo, it's definitely agree. Like any sport you play, any of the big four sports out there, even the, the, the smaller sports that people don't even really are famous, you have to have that consistency. That's the main key in playing any sport. You have to have that rhythm that's going on. You have to have that consistency. 
The Ducks were playing at a high level with their consistency, having fun with the game. You start taking out players, you ruin their chemistry. You start taking them off for a week or two, postponing games. You're just throwing off the, their chemistry. Hockey players are notorious for being creatures of habit. They're notorious for having that, that routine daily, and you kind of deviate from that. It just kind of throws off and everything out of whack, and it kind of ruins it for the players to try to get that that momentum, get that rhythm, and get that, that, that normal routine that these hockey players are so used to, accustomed to, and they adjust to is having th- that routine. You see a lot of players that are superstitious and will do the same exact thing, drive the same route, walk in the same way, or do the same things if they have a good game. You just have, you can't mess with those superstitions. You can't mess with those routines because, uh, you know, the, the protocols that you have in place that are obviously failing, it's, it's not fair to the league. It's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the fans. I, I think it's just absolutely BS, but, I mean, who do I know? I'm just a fan too, so... Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, like you said, it's personal experience, too. You know, you play a lot of hockey right now. I played semi-pro uh, football uh, for about five years. And, you know, you just look at that and, and the different things that you do. You have extended time off. You're not out there. Um, it's not just playing. It's practicing, too. you got to remember, these guys are out. They're, they're not going to the rink. They're not getting in that rhythm. We saw that that became an issue with Zegras uh, during this break too. I know um, when a- after coming out of it, the COVID testing, there were a lot of people upset uh, about whether or not he was going to play, and we'll talk about that. It ended up being moot, but we'll get to that later. So a lot of stuff to discuss going on with the league. I do have a little bit of news about us before we dive into the Ducks. We did join the Old City Sports Network. Um, I had looked... Uh, to joining some other things before in the past and, and different things didn't work out with other people. Nothing, nothing, um, you know, just didn't, just didn't iron out, but I'm happy to join these guys and we're going to have a lot of stuff coming your way. Not really going to talk about it now, um, but things that we're going to work on for the show, make things a little bit better for you guys uh, and whatnot. So I'm happy about that. So if you, if you get a chance, check them out. Old City Sports Network. They've got several other podcasts on there. I think they're up to nine or ten now covering the league. So just keep that in mind, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. So so let's get to the Ducks here, Eddie. Uh, you know, this rest versus rust argument, the rust part definitely played out against Anaheim. They had they came back. They had the game against uh, Vancouver. And, of course, Zegers is on the COVID list. Comtois on the COVID list. Steele's on the COVID list. They don't have these guys. The Ducks go with the 11-7, um, you know, lineup instead, you know, instead of the the 12-8. And um, they did okay in the beginning. Carrick got a goal in the first period, and after that, pretty much nothing. Um, Fowler got hurt too, which did not help. They lost in overtime. Um, you know, Bruce Boudreaux, the coach now at Vancouver, they're on, they've been on a roll, uh, winning all kinds of games like crazy. And uh, this just wasn't a good game for Anaheim. I mean, the, ga- the game against Vegas and Colorado weren't either. I'll get into those in a minute. But this goes back to Jared's question. Uh, you can see right here in this game. Uh, and again, you got to take some of this analysis as kind of with a grain of salt because of all this COVID crap. Sorry for lack of a better word. But that's messing with this team big time right now. I know it's messing with other teams too. But it's really messing up with the Ducks. So... Uh, a lot of line, a lot of line juggling, right, with this team in the last two weeks or week and a half or whatever. So, but this was a rough game, Eddie. Um, no doubt about it. The Ducks got almost outshot by a two to one margin. Um, one of the few games they couldn't get anything going on the power play either, zero for four. Um, what did you think though? This kind of played into that whole thing of the Ducks being out and also missing key players. It really just didn't help them in this one. But they were able to at least get a point. 
Yeah, it made it even worse too that I was at this game. Uh, a little spontaneous uh, call. I found out I didn't have to work uh, at the last minute. Called my buddy at five thirty. Uh, just coincidentally, he was picking up another friend, uh, pretty much a mile away from where I lived. Picked me up, went to the game, had a good time, thinking Dexter were going to get a good win, especially after seeing that goal get scored first on Carrick, uh, his little uh, his little small little breakaway that he had. Uh, beautiful goal. And like I said, after that, the game just kind of got dry. And I think I was just chugging more beers just to entertain myself than watching the game. But it, it just was – Ducks were rusty. Ducks kind of played down. And it, they didn't seem like that, that same team. I know like their depleted lineup probably had something to do with it. I always hate the 11-7 kind of thing. I just like the traditional 12 forwards, 6 defensemen. I think it works out better instead of trying to – kind of juggle seven defensemen, throw off uh, the whole whack of things and stuff like that. Or you throwing a defenseman uh, on their fourth line and trying to make that work, that just distills off the chemistry, in my opinion. But it was unfortunate the Ducks took the L. I was hoping in overtime they would just sneak one through, maybe go into a shootout. But unfortunately, that didn't happen, and and now we're here. Um, It sucks that I was at the game, too, and they lost. I I know I I want the Ducks to win a lot, but especially when I'm at the game, it's like I think it's just like I go there. I want to see a win. I don't want to have to drive home with, like, the loss, so. Yeah, and you know what kind of sucks about this is you went to this game and they lost. (laughs) I go to the Vegas game in Vegas and they lose. And before this, the Ducks were undefeated when you and I were in attendance. So... If you guys are mad about the Ducks losing these two games, don't don't blame the break. Don't blame the COVID list. Just blame Eddie and I. We are the reason why they lost these two games, okay? Eddie went to the Vancouver game. It's all his fault, and it's all my fault <laughs> that I went to Vegas on New Year's and saw them get creamed in this game, too, against the Knights. Because then they played this game, and this was a horrible one, too, Eddie. But all kidding aside, I, I couldn't believe it, too. When you went, I thought, dude, the streak's got to stay alive, Eddie, and then it didn't. And then it took pressure off me going to the game, but then they still lost again. Yeah, You know what? I think I double jinxed you because out of all the games I've covered this season, I only think I've covered one winning game from the recaps. And come come Vegas, another recap I had to do that was a losing game. Like, thinking to myself, is it me? Like, when I do the recaps, is am I giving them that bad of a luck? Like, they're just going to keep losing? That that was a rough one in Vegas. I was really hoping that they'd get the win, especially knowing that you and uh, you and your wife were there. Now, you guys are celebrities, I heard, too. You guys were posted on, on TV, so that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I, I, that was kind of funny because I um, happened to just see Bally Sports put out something. And they're like, what are you guys doing for New Year's? So I'm like, well, I'll just send a photo of us and say we're at the game. Like, I didn't really think anything of it. I just was like, yeah, we're at the game. <laughs> and then uh, I had people messaging me after the game that they had thrown it up on the TV. So I thought that was kind of cool. I, I didn't really expect that. I just was just throwing it on there, you know, to, to say, hey, here we are. We're at the game. And uh, this game, actually, this is kind of crazy. A lot of stuff going on with this. So we ended up going and... Um, we went and visited my wife's uh, sister out in Arizona. That's who we spent New Year's Eve with. Uh, we didn't stay in Vegas, you know, whatever. We, we stayed with her, um, visited her sister and whatnot because um, she's just uh, over in Bullhead, which is not too far, about an hour outside of Vegas. Makes it easier, um, you know, instead of trying to stay there. But went to the game and... Um, you know, for the most part, it was it was fun and everything like that. I was joking around about the sound. It was really loud down there uh, because I'd been there before, as you guys know, but higher up. If you go sit down low, because we were like six, seven rows behind the penalty box. Man, the, the pregame, holy crap, those speakers are ridiculous. But 
In terms of the game, uh, man, what a disappointment. I mean, you know, the Ducks got steel back, but they got down early in this one. And, you know, the, the second goal at the end of the first period there. And, I mean, this was the, the honestly, this was probably the worst game, if not one of the worst games. I mean, the Ducks only had 16 shots on goal. Uh, I think they had like three in that third period. Um, yeah, the Ducks are shorthanded and missing some players, but. Dude, and I know the Ducks, I can't remember the record, but it's really crappy against Vegas. We, we barely win, but Jesus, dude, this game was horrible. Um, uh, it's just bad. I don't, I don't really have anything good to say about this game. They just they played terrible. I think the only thing I really liked in this game, Eddie, was that Ryan Getzloff um, stood up, got in the mix, got into a fight, um, you know, trying to lead his team, pump up his team. He got that late power play goal, which ended the shutout bid, thank God. Uh, I guess, you know, small victory there, even though they lost the game. Um, but, you know, it just, not, nothing seemed to go right for them in this game. It was just like, I don't know what happened in this game. But the, the offense was non-existent. Um, they, they really had trouble uh, getting the puck through the neutral zone. It was a big problem. The one thing I do think that this game showed is the value of Cam Fowler. Because, you know, a lot of people were talking about trading Cam Fowler and and how, um, you know, he's not worth this, this, or that, or whatever. But if you can't get the puck out of your own end and get through the neutral zone, dude, uh, you're in for a long night. And, I mean, that's what Fowler brings to this team. And, and I think that was one revelation from this game, Eddie, is... Um, one, you know, we talk about the playoffs, which we got a fan question about. We'll kind of get to that later. I don't, I don't know about this team and going far in the playoffs, which you and I have discussed. But I would not underestimate the value of Cam Fowler, especially after this game. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Another positive I took from this game, uh, if you want to try to, like, I guess take the glass, like, half-full kind of mentality – the Ducks were able to uh, shut out the um, the Knights with six different power play opportunities that they had. So the special teams were on point, and the Ducks' only power play opportunity they had, they scored at the very end when Getzloff ended the shutout bid. That's like one of the only positives. What pissed me off this game, too, is when Getzloff dropped the gloves, um, and then you have Delorier going after their that next shift, wanting to kind of stand up for his captain and drop the gloves with someone else, and then they give him a game of misconduct. I, I think it's just... That's about the dumbest call in the world. It's absolutely, I think things like that destroy the sport. You make it just wimpified. It just makes it not fun to watch. And I think that was one of the bullshit penalties you can ever call on someone when he goes out there and tries to defend his captain, doing his job on the role that he has. And you're taking that away from him because you're trying to clean up the game. Uh, the referees, when they get hit and they get accidentally bumped into you, I don't even give a shit. I laugh. They deserve it. I don't care if it's not if it's not their call if they're being told they had that discretion when they're on the ice and I think things like that ruin this game and things like that are making me shy away from the game and not have that same thriving fire passion I had a few years ago when watching the game because some of these games just get drove so dry it's just so boring this game I know they lost and they played terrible but I like seeing the Ducks fight back with those hard hits fight back with literally fighting and and kind of defending themselves from the Knights when they started off strong. And throwing their body around, but th- things like the giving Deloria misconduct for going out there and 
not just starting a fight, not throwing his gloves down and just start beating someone, but just trying to provoke it and ask the, the other guy if he wants to drop the gloves too. It's just two willing combatants, just let him go. But you know, you want to throw one out. It's just the calls seem lopsided in this game too. But it just—it was just so dumb to see, and I, I don't know what the refs were if they lost a bet or if they had some gambling debt they want it paid off. That's what they—some of the calls were in favor, you know, of Vegas, including the one where the guy got uh, one of the Vegas players got pushed into the zone, uh, his own bench. But things like that, I think that ruins the game. You guys want to build your fan base, and like I said numerous times, you alienate it by the coverage that you you the lack of coverage you have for fans, but then things like this when you're trying to water down the game, seems like you're trying to take fighting out of the game altogether. Seems like you're trying to like lower down the hits and take those things out of the like out of the game altogether too. And that's what really frustrates me about this league and this new way it's transitioning to it's just getting so boring and watered down like i said before it's going to come to a point where i'd rather watch badminton it's probably going to be more physical and more entertaining than hockey is going to be in the next 10 years you know it's it's interesting that you mentioned that part about deloria because i was right there and saw that right in front of us because (laughs) we were you know right by the penalty box and i saw him chipping and to me it's pretty much basically deloria used foul language and you get a penalty. And I just, I mean, that's what I saw. I, I don't remember the exact words he said, but I remember looking at him and he was he was chewing out whoever it was on Vegas. And I, I think it was a couple people, to be honest. And then that, that penalty, like you said, was called. And it's like, really? I mean, players cuss all the time during hockey games. I mean, <laughs> it, it happens all the time. So if that's what you're going to do, then are you going to call a, a misconduct penalty on everybody every time they cuss? I, I mean, I, I, I get it. He's trying to start a fight, too. I know there's more to it than just cussing. But I'm just saying, like, if, if that's what set the refs off and that's why they did it, that's that's BS in my opinion. But um, to the other point you made, you're right. I, I thought the calls were kind of cheesy. I mean, they had six power plays. The Ducks had one. And Vegas was playing rough in this game. They, they're not any saints. And they got a lot of calls their way. And I'm not saying that the Ducks could have won because of that. Because the Ducks played like shit. They did. Period. But, yeah, they had a lot of calls. Uh, you know, six power plays. So, it, it was good to see the Ducks kill those off. And, like you talked about the emotion. You saw McNabb throwing his body around at the end of this game. With only a minute and a half to go. Didn't even matter. I don't know why he laid the smackdown on Carrick like that. Um, you know, I know Carrick got in that fight earlier in the game and that scrum it was like the double fight right or it was like where everybody was fighting at one point during the game um in there in the second period but it was good to see the ducks come out and 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 you know with the emotion that point made sense it just frustrated me that they didn't translate it into playing better offensively or trying to win and score that that's the part that's frustrating but as far as this team's you know sticking together and being a team I, I think, dude, Eddie, this game solidified that for sure. Oh, 100%. Everyone had each other's back. And Grant and, and, and Carrick, those little double fight they had. I mean, Grant's frustration, that cross-check, but Vegas, Vegas had it coming. The, the way they were playing, the way they were taking runs at some of our players, uh, the way one of their lower co-seer, uh, whatever is the, that fourth liner's name is, that challenge gets off to a fight, gets off obliged. All that just translates like that team wanting to step up 
and kind of get their captains back, seeing their captain kind of lead by example and be the first one to step up and just drop them and, and try to get everything going and not and not shy away. He could have easily told him, no, like, you're a fourth-line player. Who are you? I'm not going to give you that satisfaction and skate away. But, no, it gets off being that old-school player mentality that he has, wants to fire up his team. No, he's going to go ahead and do it. So he, And he did, and I respect him for that. I'm glad the team kind of came together and had each other's back. That shows uh, a great a great team aspect that this team has. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was the one good thing, I guess. I mean, even though they, they lost this game and a lot of stuff didn't go their way. Uh, one last thing I'll add before we go to the next game is that uh, some of the Vegas fans, you're really annoying. I'm just going to tell you that straight up. Um, uh, I'm not saying this about everybody. I'm not making a blanket statement, but there were two ladies sitting behind us during this game and they would not shut the F up. All they were doing was talking, talking, talking during the first and second period. And they weren't even talking about the game. They were talking about trips and cars and all this other stuff. I have no idea why they were even there. And then on top of that, they were gone in the third period. Thank God, because I could actually watch the game with peace of mind in the third period. But that kind of ruined our experience. My wife and I were sitting there like, can you ladies like just shut up? Like, it was just so annoying that it wasn't just the talking, but they're not even talking about the game. So I don't know who they were. I don't know if they knew some of the players on Vegas or what. I don't know, whatever, but I can't stand that. Like, like people know me when I go to games. When I watch the game, I'm, like, watching it. I'm not talking. I'll maybe make small talk, but I'm really, like, like, that's the one sport. Like, I can go to any other game with anybody BS talk, have a good time, whatever. But when it comes to hockey, I'm really trying to watch, see what's going on, and focus. And um, God, those two ladies were annoying. I was so glad they left in the third period, Eddie. Uh, they were driving me and my wife nuts. Oh, there's there's so much stoppage in hockey too, where you can just have that small talk and chit chat. You don't have to be talking during the whole entire game. I mean, I get it if you want to say things here and there, like the small talk during the game, or a play reminds you of something, or talk about the game. But you sitting there just talking about. X, Y, and Z, or, or how you're gonna, you know, gamble your next round if you're gonna vote or you know bet on red or black and next roulette table. It's like, what's the point of even be there if you're not gonna enjoy the game? Like I said, so much opportunity to chat during the intermission. You have the whole 15 minutes, all the stoppages, the TV timeouts. You have ample time to talk. So it sucks that you had to go through that, but at least you had that one period where you don't have to hear them anymore. Yeah, exactly. So after that. You know, like I said, uh, spent some time with her family, came back home. The uh, the Ducks then played Colorado, your other team, and more problems uh, with the Ducks, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I was surprised they got Comtois back, but Fowler came back right away, which was a shocker because the way he fell awkwardly into the, the boards in that game in Vancouver, man, I was like afraid he was going to be out for a while. Aiken said it wasn't a long-term injury. He comes back in this game. I was like, wow, I was very impressed. But then, of course, Getzloff tests positive. He's out. Zegris, even though he's eligible to come back because it's it's now five days right after a positive test instead of 10, but he kept testing positive. So we had no Zegris, no Getzloff in this game against Colorado. The Ducks actually start out strong. Carrick, who we were talking about, got a goal in the first period. Uh, Fowler, who came back, he scored on the power play. Things actually look good for the Ducks. They actually played well in the first half of this game, but then it shifted in the second half, and, and Colorado took over, especially in the third period. Uh, the Ducks again getting in penalty trouble. They they gave up. Uh, 
They had five power play uh, chances against, and they gave up two in this one. Usually, the power play, or the excuse me, the penalty kills is really good this season, which still is still top five as with the Ducks power play. But uh, they just they ran out of steam. I think Eddie, I, I I was impressed in the beginning. I thought, oh man, the Ducks might be able to win this game. Colorado's you know a good team, uh, but it's a tale of two Ducks teams in this game. You know, the first thirty minutes they look good, up two nothing, but then Avalanche four goals in the second half of the game, and the Ducks could never come back. With Colorado, you can't you can't let your foot off the gas one bit because once you do, they're going to attack and they're not going to stop, and all of a sudden you're going to be losing. Go ahead and ask the the Toronto Maple Leafs that were up four one at one point ended up coming uh, lost that game against Colorado too. Colorado is a really deep team; they can get offensive threats from everyone on the ice. I think the only X factor that it might have is I'm not sold on their goalie Kemper, but still they, they kind of proved to the Ducks that. The Ducks are playing an elite-level team, and it comes down to it. These elite-level teams are going to just turn everything up in playoffs, or when they start getting their back against the wall, they're going to fight back and come back even harder. Uh, Ducks should have. There's no reason why the Ducks shouldn't have won this game. They started off extremely strong, outplaying them, coming out hard. It just seemed like they let their foot off the gas a little bit, and Colorado just took over and went and took them for a ride, and there's nothing really you can do about that. It just comes down to you being an elite team, a team that's that's full of people, full, like full of superstars. Basically, you have at least two, if not three, superstars that they have on their team. Um, and Ducks really don't have that. You're, you're seeing some of the players blossom in the superstars, like Terry. You see Zegris developing into that. Drysdale would be another one I want to say developing into that. And the only super true superstar that we have right now is John Gibson. But it's going to take a lot to beat teams like this. So hopefully, uh, um, hopefully they can get it together. But the, the development we see in this season with this team seems that in the next few seasons they're going to have that elite level team. When some of the players that step up, we're going to have those two, three kind of guys that are elite, not just Gibson. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, I just it was disappointing. It was my birthday too, so I kind of wanted the Ducks to win. Like, all right. Watching it, my friend, and they're mentioning like, "Oh, I think Ducks got this game," and I'm saying, "Hey, don't don't get too cocky. I know Colorado too. I follow this team too. So, as long as Colorado wins, on I'll be cheering Colorado on next week, the twentieth. I'm going to oh, it's called Crypto Arena now. I'm going to LA over there to watch the Abs and Kings game. So I hope Colorado wins that game. But how the Ducks get it together and and try to figure out when they get up on these. These teams, especially elite level teams like Colorado, are of a team like Vegas. When Vegas gets their two elite players back, and they become that powerhouse. If they, if the Ducks start getting up on them, just don't stop. Don't take your foot off the pedal. Don't don't remove your your foot from their neck. Just keep pushing on. Keep firing on, and you might have a chance to win this game. You might kind of make Colorado dig themselves in a hole, or when they're backed up against the wall, fall over that wall and not be able to come back. Yeah, I was I was cracking up about that too because it was your birthday, and I remember we were we were laughing in the group chat. I go, well, for Eddie, he's gonna win today. It's just which which team are you gonna have win on your birthday? You know, so I mean, you, uh, ducks always first. If it's uh, ducks are always first, so. No, I know that, but I mean, you couldn't really lose on your birthday, but yeah. So I mean, this kind of goes back again to Jared's question about the rest versus rust. Same thing, Vancouver, Vegas, Ducks just. Rusty as hell. Uh, obviously, losing Fowler too didn't help in the Vegas game. It seemed like the Ducks shook off some of that rust in the Colorado game. Couldn't finish. Then they go into the Philly game, and this is really when all the COVID stuff 
um, started getting crazy with the Ducks. Uh, this game, and then of course the Detroit game after that, that was postponed. Lots of positive tests and all that. The Ducks, they actually beat Philadelphia. Uh, they still had no Getzloff uh, because he was in the protocol. Zegras still testing positive. Uh, Delorier and Grant also went out too. And then you had Carrick, who at this time was sick, didn't test positive, but then tested positive before the Detroit game. So it's just all kinds of craziness. Uh, I guess the good thing in this last time span for the Ducks is that they had a lot of young guys come up and make a lot of NHL debuts. So that was good for the for the Ducks <laughs> and these younger guys. Um, you had Kendop; he he made his debut in this game, um, and the Ducks ended up winning this game. Uh, Troy Terry stole the show, right? He had a hat trick. Uh, Comtois back in action too, you know, getting back even in the Colorado game after testing positive. He makes that unselfish play, huge unselfish play at the empty net at the end. And the Ducks took out Philadelphia. And uh, this this was a good game. So, you know, the Ducks started out, you know, with some stinkers, kind of a social game against Colorado. And then they finally got back and won this game, Eddie. So they started trending upwards, if you will, um, at this point in time. Yeah, that's that 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 elite kind of level player we're talking about. We're seeing Troy Terry kind of uh, tra- transition into that player. He stepped up when this team needed him. It was depleted uh, roster. He knew what he had to do. He he came up there and he he delivered, and it was good to see. He's uh what he's tied for third overall in uh, for goals with twenty two, tied with Austin Matthews. He's up there with Ovechkin and Dry uh, Sidle too. So he he's he's with those elite level players. It's just. You know, seeing him keep developing and seeing how he's going to transition, if it's just not, if it's a fluke of a season, because we've seen players like this before explode one season and then they're, they're like, they're kind of never the same again. I, I don't, I don't see it with Troy Terry. I think this is going to be the real deal and it's going to be one of the first players in a long time that the Ducks will just develop into that, that elite kind of player. And it's good to see he was like a fifth round draft pick too. So the Ducks are, are, are pretty much extremely lucky to get a player like this and having him develop the way he is. But it was good to see him step up and get that help the Ducks get that win against Philadelphia, especially being on that losing streak. And Comtois not scoring a goal all season, that unselfish play, kind of goes back when you're talking about Vegas, how this this team has that true team mentality. And, and he, he kind of just sacrificed getting that monkey off his back to help out you know his fellow teammate get his, his hat trick. And that, was, that was amazing to see. And they just shot up. Troy Terry into the ranks of, of being a, that goal scorer. I know we talked about it before. I mentioned if uh, you can you see Troy Terry hitting that thirty goal mark, and that was something that we both said it was possible. And I, I think up to now, I think it's it's not if it's possible, it's, it's going to be when. I know one of one of the guys, Max Shack, was talking to me on on my personal Instagram, and where I was mentioning about the thirty goal scores. And he mentioned too that Troy Terry's get that he's on a pace to get forty, and he thinks he's going to get forty goals. Uh, I hope he does; that'd be awesome. But uh, I'll shoot for the thirty, uh, maybe thirty-five would be uh, reasonable. But if Max is right, I hope he is. That forty sounds uh, forty goals would sound amazing for uh, Troy Terry. Yeah, and I've even seen some people chatting about fifty, and I'm like, okay, slow your roll here, <laughs> slow your roll. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. I, I think I'm with you too. Thirty goals is definitely not. Uh, unreachable uh, 40 even that they could get close to that if he gets 35 to 40 goals this year holy crap man I mean that that's amazing I but yeah I like what Troy Terry's been doing um, and you know you got to think about it too he had this hat trick and Getzloff wasn't playing in this game 
you know, a lot of people were talking about how Terry's exploded and it's been good, but then some people are saying, well, he's paired with Getzloff and this, that, and that. Well, he got a hat trick in this game and he wasn't playing with Getzloff. So if there's anybody that doubts Terry and his ability, um, he's he's able to score goals without Getzloff too. So, uh, I mean, he's the real deal, man. I, no doubt about it. And, and that was the good thing in this game. And yeah, absolutely what you said about Comtois. I, I totally forgot about that. He hadn't even scored a goal um, at all. Uh, this season you know he, he gets one finally uh, later on here we'll talk about but he he had a chance he had a wide open net he could have easily shot it in and he knew that Terry was there by him he got, he got it to him for that chance to get the hat trick a completely unselfish play by uh, Max and it goes back to the whole team aspect like you said and that's what the Ducks did they put together a great win obviously uh, Terry leading the way but um, Ducks finally trending in the right way and then of course they're going in this game against Detroit Everyone's all excited because, you know, you're talking about Zegris against Raymond. We find out that Zegris comes out of the protocol. And then that whole day, that, that Thursday that the game was supposed to happen, it got postponed, was just like a crazy day, uh, especially on Twitter with everything going on. Because it started out with Zegris out of the protocol. That was, uh, I believe, Eric Stevens said it first. Everybody's all excited. Then it came out that Akins wasn't going to play him. Uh, and then people were getting all crazy on Twitter about that because Zegers out of protocol but not going to play. And then I saw a lot of people getting upset at Akins. And then um, Akins comes out. He's got his interview and he says, well, here's the thing. Zegers hasn't skated in like over two weeks. And that's why I think people forgot is when you're in this protocol thing, it's not just that you're not playing games. You're not practicing either, at least in the Ducks organization. I don't I don't know what the other teams are doing or whatever, but with the Ducks, if anybody tests positive, even those symptoms, they're not even at the arena. They're not even practicing. So I, I get it. I get where Aikens is coming from. He, he And he's like, hey, he hasn't been practicing for two weeks. If I put him out in a game right now, yeah, he's young and everything, but what if he gets hurt and he's out for a while? Dude, dude, everyone's going to ask for Aikens' head. So he's like, hey, man, I, I'm not going to risk this. Let's wait until uh, the New York game on Saturday and put him in, which made sense. And then um, that was in the T-Ferts article that had that quote. And then I think it was like five, ten minutes later Then they canceled the game. So then, it, or postponed it, sorry. Then it didn't even matter and everything. And it was, it was then put on Sunday. So the Ducks had the Rangers on Saturday and Sunday. But it's just crazy because then the Ducks had... Now, Carrick then finally tested positive after actually being sick. You had Leterrier tested positive, Lindholm, and Gibson. So uh, we had Captain Duck 23 asking, was it a bad or good move uh, for Aikens to want to sit uh, Zegris? I mean, it doesn't matter now. It's kind of, like I said, it, it's over and done with, and the game was postponed till Sunday. But I, I'm on Aikens' side on this one. I mean, why? You know, if you haven't skated for a couple of weeks, then what are you doing? And then, and it wasn't just isolated to to Zegers because you know, Getzloff came out of the protocol this last weekend, but he did not play in the game against uh, the Rangers, and then instead he played in the makeup game against Detroit. Because uh, the same thing, he I mean, well, he'd been out what since right after New Year's, so he he hadn't skated in about a week. And then Aikens held him back. Granted, Getzloff is older than Zegers. Get it, of course. But, I mean, he's not treating anybody differently or unfairly. And I, th- I think that's the big thing. And, unfortunately, this season's so crazy, Eddie. The only thing that's certain is uncertainty. And 
I think if you're trying to protect your players as best you can, I, I don't think you can really give a coach a hard time about that. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you have to think of the circumstances. The player is not skating at all, not practicing, and you're just going to throw them in the game when they're back. It, it's kind of kind of seals their, their fate for failure. Um, anything happens, they pull something. It's just they have to get just that, that rhythm back. And you, you can't just throw them. You know, just throw them to the sharks and expect them to survive, especially, you know, with, with how the game is, how fast it is, how physical it is. I think it was the right move. Yeah, I was annoyed when I first heard the news, too. Like, what the fu- or what the hell? Like, how come they're they're not playing it? But once you sit there and uh, understand the reasoning to it and, and understand that these players aren't participating at all with anything to do with hockey or in this protocol, then it makes a lot of sense. Yes, it's frustrating. It's annoying. But it's the right call uh, to keep these players healthy and, and not lose them long term. I'd rather just have them sit one game so we can have them for multiple games. So it, it's it, it it was a a bad move when you first hear about it. You first being a, a fan and you don't want to think about anything else. But I guess being that selfish fan wanting to see one uh, one of the most energetic players in the game today play. But I mean, yeah, it, it was the best move and the best situation to do that. Uh, and it's fortunate for us that they had to postpone that game, so we were able to see him play against Detroit again. So that I think that was a matchup that everyone was really uh, wanting to see, is these Calder, uh, these Calder, these Calder Trophy people for the Rookie of the Year going up against each other. Which we did get to uh, this past weekend, but we'll, we'll cover the Rangers here real quick before that. Um, unfortunately, the Ducks laid a stinker in this one. Uh, we then had uh, Perot made his debut right for the Ducks, so that was another player coming out there. Uh, like we said, with all these players and the protocols and all this stuff, Getzloff was the only one that came out of it, but as we mentioned, didn't play. This game uh, was very similar, I thought, to the Colorado game. The Ducks played okay in the first half, right? They they actually got the lead and they were up one nothing in the in the middle of the game. They ended up being tied. Uh, one after the second period, but good lord, the third period they just completely disappeared, and uh, Detroit took over. They got an early goal. Excuse me, New York took over, got an early goal, and then Lindgren got a couple late goals. The Ducks couldn't rally in that. Um, you know, they only had 16 shots on goal against Vegas. They only had 14 shots on goal in this one. Um, they they did have a lot of good scoring opportunities, a lot of missed shots. So it's, I don't know if they played as bad as they did in Vegas. I think they played a little bit better in this one. But, man, uh, for some reason, the Ducks now are kind of having a hard time in the second half of games, Eddie. Yeah, we're seeing the, the, those those Ducks we've seen in the past where they just they, they can't play that, that full game of hockey. I'm not saying like like they have to, that any team can go and play 110% for the whole 60 minutes plus, but... You have to step up. You have to at least, you know, be in the mix. Come that second half of hockey, or even the third period, you can't, you can't start off and play hard, and all of a sudden you just, you're pretty much done and take your foot off the gas, and that's that's how you lose. I know we have a lot of questions for uh, Ducks making postseason if they can sustain what they've had this the first half of the the year. Seeing games like this, it's hard to. It's hard to tell. It's hard to say. It's just, They can't play like this in the playoffs. If you play like this in the playoffs, you just sealed your fate and you're done in the first round. You're getting that mid-draft pick and you're back to square one. Uh, something has to change and they have to really really see themselves as either being those pretenders or contenders. And if, if they really or truly believe that they're a contending team, they can contend with a lot of these elite-level teams that won't hold back, that can play those full 60 minutes of hockey with high intensity, with hot, hard hitting, 
and, and come at you with an offensive charge all the time, then they have to figure out what they need to do to change that and, and move forward from there. If not, just keep doing what you're doing because you're like, yes, you're, you're still successful this season. Like, no matter what, the Ducks just go on a huge tank and they just kind of just tank the rest of the season. I still think this season is an absolute success compared to the last few seasons that we watched. This team has been fun. A lot of the, they improved on a lot of things that they had to improve on. So, like no matter what happens, Ducks make the playoffs or they just go on a big tank. It's still a successful season, and we should be proud as Ducks fans to see what this team is able to accomplish, and not just in that win category, not just uh, what they're ranked right now in the Pacific, but all those things that they improved on as a team and, and how they built up and, and, and just worked on a complete 180 from what we've seen from the last few seasons. Oh, absolutely. This team has been doing a phenomenal, way, way better uh, all the way around. There's still fun uh, hockey games to watch. You know, even even when they didn't play well uh, in Vegas, you know, there was all the fights and all, the, all of that stuff going on, so that made the game entertaining. The game against the Rangers, too, they were down, but they, they only got blown out at the end of the game. They were still in it for a majority of the game, despite being outshot really badly, even though they did have a lot of shot attempts that, that just didn't make it on the net. Um, and it's just hard. With this team, it's hard to evaluate. I know a lot of people are bugging us about this playoff, playoff, playoff thing. Um, now with this this COVID stuff and all this craziness going on, these games, since the Ducks have come back out of the break, they haven't had a full team. They still haven't had a full team. Even this game against Detroit, uh, you had Getzloff back in this one, but they're still out. You have Gibson that's out, right? So, I mean, it's hard to really evaluate this team other than what you said, Eddie, is that they're, it's definitely better than where they are last year. I mean, they're in second place right now. They're, they're right behind uh, Vegas. They're not far out of it. So they can definitely make the playoffs. But I, it's just hard to evaluate them with all the stuff going on. Um, it's, it's just tough. But they did have that makeup game against Detroit, right? That was the game we all wanted to see. Uh, they ended up winning this one. This one was very exciting. You had, of course, Zegers against Raymond is the big thing. Everybody's talking about Siders in there, too. Another guy for the Calder Cup trophy uh, stuff. But uh, this one was a back-and-forth game. You had more debuts. You had Tracy coming up. He made his NHL debut. Dostal, who I really like, came up, played pretty well in this game. Um, and, uh, again, Terry getting another goal in this game. There was a lot of stuff going on in this game. I, I think the biggest thing to me was the overtime this game with uh, Raquel, Terry, and Drysdale getting, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, those three were getting stuck out there on the ice um, in the overtime. I think Raquel was out there like three and a half, four minutes or something. It was crazy. I, I really thought the Ducks were going to lose this one in overtime. And thank God uh, Dolso made the save and, and got us to the shootout in this one, Eddie. Yeah, this was a fun and exciting game to watch. The tempo in the first was high. It was a kind of a high intensity tempo, so I loved seeing that. There was the the hits were there. It just the, the fun plays. It, it was good. It was good to see more debuts from the Ducks. I know uh, we had Tracy and Perot each uh, each different games almost scored on their first attempt, the shot on on goal. It would have been really cool to see them get their first career NHL goal. But yeah, it was a fun game to uh, to watch. Zegers' shot was just out of this world. What a beautiful, beautiful shot. It was just it was a perfect shot, nice little goal. The, the puck movement that they did on that power play, it was just it was great to see. That uh, Cedar kid from Detroit, or Cider, my bad, oh, Cedar, yeah. 
he's phenomenal to watch. He's a really, really good player. Um, he's so calm, collective, the way he does in movements and everything. It's just, yeah, he, he's a special player for Detroit, a good defenseman. You could see him developing, too. And that superstar already, the way he plays. So it's going to be a good matchup for years to come. You have Zegris and Raymond. You have Cedar. And you have Drysdale now. So it's going to be fun to watch. Too bad they don't play each other a lot more. But yeah, it was a good one. I think all eyes were on that Calder matchup. It's going to be interesting to see who takes that. Because I think it's going to be either one of the four players that we've seen in that Detroit and Ducks game. I don't think anyone else really has a chance. Unless uh, another one of the rookies just comes up and blows everyone out of the water but i think as of right now it's safe to say that we have the four runners up that are going to win that calder come and uh come when the playoffs are over and the awards are given but it's going to be one of these four players i predict yeah i agree i think it's between one of those four i know they were talking about it on the broadcast and of course the ducks guys were all saying zegris which yes i want to say that but it's tight <laughs> it's definitely tight it, it's it's going to be difficult I mean, they're all great players, all four that you mentioned. So that, that's an exciting thing to watch and see how these guys develop the rest of the season. Um, like I said, Dole's still getting in there. I, I've been big on this guy. I, I, I like him, and I like Stolarz too, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of get to that because we'll, we'll talk about trade stuff. We've got plenty of trade stuff to discuss later in the show, and I'll, I'll kind of save my comments for that. But how about another uh, Cam Fowler appreciation moment here, Eddie? He had 35 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time. And I went back through Hockey Reference. I looked at every single game he's played. All of them. Regular season playoffs. That is the most he's ever logged in a game. Period. The second closest was 35 minutes and 1 second. On my mom's birthday. May 5th, 2017. Against Edmonton. And he only had one other game over 30 minutes. Which... I hate to bring it up because it was a series against Chicago, but that was also in May of 2015 against Chicago where he had 32 minutes and 21 seconds. So just the third game that he's logged over 30 minutes of ice time. I mean, holy crap, Eddie. Like, uh, you talk about Fowler's value. I mean, you really got to see it in these last uh, week and a half or so. Yeah, that's just totally insane. And, and that game, it wasn't just a slow kind of paced game. It's the, the tempo was up there. So he wasn't just kind of just kind of skating along, twirling along, spinning around, doing figure eights or whatever around the ice. He was pretty much put, logging in some serious serious skating time too. So like that 35 minutes and 11, or 35 minutes, 11 seconds is just absolutely nuts. And, and that's what the well, that's what he brings to the team, that value. I, I don't know. Like I've never been one of the like, big on trading, on trading him. I think he still brings a lot of value to the team and he has a lot more to offer to the team, especially that once the team starts transitioning to that, that team that's going to be contenders every season, I think he's going to play a huge role into that and to being there and being that that leader of the team too yeah i mean it's just amazing uh, amazing what he he did in that game and like you said yeah it was fast-paced game and the new york game was a fast-paced one too as well so uh the ducks come out with that one a win it's super exciting uh, i love seeing uh Dostal in there um doing his thing um you know he had a, cu- a couple of plays and they already got hung out to dry by the defense but he came up big in the overtime Stopped the two shots in the shootout. And I loved his interview after the game. Very emotional guy. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of on the same level uh, when it comes to things like this. He was just like, oh, my God, dude. Like, we're going to overtime. And all this stuff's going on. And then he's like, you know, I, I, I getting stressed out in the shootout. And it's all exciting, you know. And he's talking about it. And um, he's just a very, very likable guy, Eddie. 
Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just I, I love him, so it's I'm looking forward to <laughs> more interviews from him <laughs> in the near future. Exactly, and same with a lot of. I mean, Zegras is also up there, of course, with all his his um, personality and, and the way that he acts as well. And it's just funny. This Ducks team really has a lot of character, and it's it's coming through. So it's good to see. So. Um, just we'll talk about the team now, uh, as far as in general, with some news and kind of what's going on and whatnot. We talked about Terry, right? He's on fire. He's been scoring like crazy. He's up to 22 goals now, leads the team. Uh, I had to double check, but his shooting percentage now leads the league. Uh, for players that have taken 80 or more shots, his shooting percentage is 24.7%, which is just ridiculous. Um, the Ducks are also playing well on special teams. They're still in the top five. Um, in terms of the COVID thing... It's still Carrick, Gibson, Grant, Leteria, and Lindholm are still the ones on there. Um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully some more of those guys come out uh, this week. It looks like Grant's going to be available to play. He was put back on the roster, so he'll probably be one of the first ones back. Uh, I, I think the big news was that they had talked about the Ducks forming a GM committee, Eddie, which I like to see this because they're, you know, they got to figure out who they're going to pick, if it's going to be Solomon or, or somebody else, but... They composed it of the owners, uh, the CEO, Michael Schulman, uh, Aaron Teets, uh, former great Paul Correa, and Scott Niedemeyer. So I, I like this. I, I like this approach. They got some players on there, obviously the, the main people with the Ducks organization, as you would expect. But this this is good, Eddie. I mean, the, the Ducks are going to you know go through a process, and, and, and this is a big deal, and figure out who they, they can put in there, uh, hopefully for a long time to come. Yeah, so back on the Terry thing, I uh, I pulled the trigger and I bought a Terry jersey. So hopefully I'll make that uh, jersey debut when it gets here in the next game I attend. It should be way before the Ducks and Kings game. So I'm looking forward to, to rocking that jersey now. I just got to get it signed and that'd be cool. But yeah, I had to pull the trigger. I've been having that uh, that high uh, that high expectation for Terry, so I've got to see it transition. And plus I was waiting for him to change his number because I knew he wasn't going to keep that 61 number that he had. But nice. uh, back to the back to the committee formed. I, I think it's a phenomenal idea to have a bunch of heads talk about it instead of just having the owners make a decision on it. Um, sometimes you have to th- see other people's perspective, weigh out the pros and cons from someone else because they might differ from yours. They might see something differently, and I, I think it, it's gonna you know pay dividends for the Ducks to have this committee formed so they can make the best possible outcome for the Ducks and the Ducks can move forward, get someone that's going to really shoot this team off to the stratosphere and hopefully bring us uh, another Stanley Cup in the near future. Um, It's great to see Paul Correa back in the mix. We all know before he wasn't really wanting to be part of hockey or the organization and he just slowly transitioned to do it. He got over, not got over, but he kind of just came at peace with everything that happened in the past and it seems like he's He's at peace now, so seeing his name up there is great. The only name we probably would all want to see up there was Slani, but I think, in my opinion, that he was approached for this committee and just decided not to with everything that's going on with him and his family, which I respect. He's enjoying his retirement, living his best life. He's given up to Ducks, but it's really good to see the Ducks form this committee. And Like I said, you're going to have all different perspectives, and it comes down to it. You're going to have this jury kind of giving that final uh, that final you know judgment on who they want on there i mean ultimately it's going to come up to the owners but i think the owners are going to really play into the fact that they have this committee formed and everyone's going to make that informed decision 
as a committee and it's not going to be one person is going to pick this person because of x y and z it's going to be this whole former committee is going to pick this person because it's the best person for the job and they have all the qualities that the anaheim ducks hockey organization wants uh absolutely and i'm glad that they are in the mix i, I mean tamu would have been nice in there maybe even todd marchant added in there to to figure this out but you know, they're going to go through a process. They're not going to just, you know, okay, Solomon's in there. We're good. Which, I mean, they may end up picking him anyways, which is, you know, so far I like what he's doing, but um, we'll have to see. The other thing that's mixed in there too is, uh, you know, Bergevon going over to the Kings as an advisor. But then uh, you you found this just recently, right before we did the show, that he's still interested in the Ducks, that that hasn't been ruled out either. So we're not going to go into who all the candidates could be. We kind of talked about that before. We might do that a little bit um, later again if something changes. But that's another name to keep out there besides Solomon in the mix. And, and I think a couple shows ago, we talked about a whole bunch of people in the mix. So just good on the Ducks. Good on them to try and figure this out, take their time, get some of the players involved, especially you know Korea having been out of it for a while he gets his jersey uh, retired he's kind of been back more in with the team lately Niedermeyer's always been kind of there in the background helping out so good on the Ducks I'm uh, really curious to see what's going to happen especially because the trade deadline's coming up how are they going to figure that all out there's just a lot of questions with this team and it's hard to determine the direction and going back again to that playoff question because everyone asks I, I don't really know because what are they going to do with the trade deadline too I mean is Solomon still going to be in charge are the owners going to give him free reign to do what he's going to have to do or not? Uh, there's a lot of question marks with that. I, I mean, are they going to get someone else in there before then? I, I don't know. I, a lot of question marks, Eddie. But at least the Ducks are, are going to do their homework and, and um, go through, you know, and, and be diligent in this. Yeah. You know what? I, one person I want to see on that committee, too, it would have been good to see is uh, Mike Walters. That would have been nice to see him being <laughs> part of that decision. <laughs> no, But well, speaking of the fans, too, I, before I forget, I did want to shout out and rewind back to that Vancouver game I attended. I ran into a, a Ducks fan and D, a Ducks and Pucks fan, too, George. He had nothing but good things to say about both of us, Mike, about the show and how he's a fan of what we do. It just It really lifted my spirits up and really uh, made me appreciate the fact that uh, that I'm doing this with you and we can have that, that those fans that really like listening and really get informed by what we're doing. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but we love it and we love that feedback. It just it just kind of just fills our energy. So thank you for flagging me down. It was really good and nice to meet you. And your words were just inspiring and lifting. And I couldn't appreciate, appreciate that even more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love when we run into people and hear that. When you told me that, that's fantastic. You know, a lot you guys make up this show too because we get a lot of your fan questions, and we always will try to do a fan poll question, which we have that one that we're going to talk about. We're saving that one to the end this time because it's kind of a hot topic. But um, you know, you guys help out. Obviously, if it wasn't for you guys, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this. So a lot of fun, and I'm hoping to bring you some more stuff. Uh, too, like I said, since we've joined this other network too, as well to kind of make the stuff bigger uh, and keep on going. So, um, with that, uh, yeah, I'll mention that too. The other, the um, the network that we joined, the Old City Sports, they have a sponsor. So I'll mention it now before we go into a whole bunch of trade stuff. But uh, they are part of the Body Check Wellness um, as a sponsor, and which you go to uh, bodycheckwellness.com. But it's check, it's C H E K. So bodycheckwellness.com, use promo code OCS, all capitals, you get 25% off your order. 
They have uh, various health products on there like CBD oil and pills and whatnot, and even stuff for your uh, dogs. So check it out. Um, it's kind of been our theme. I was kind of glad about that because we talk about health a lot on, on our sponsors, and, and we have those other ones that I'll mention later in the show as well. So um, check them out. Get that discount, and they're going to help us hopefully take this show. Uh, I, I think we're going to have some good things down the road in the future, but I, I got to wait until <laughs> things get done. But we're definitely going to improve some of the broadcasts and, and work on some things to make things a little bit even better for you. Because I know a lot of you guys have asked for more stuff and more content, and we're going to work on that. So um, with that, let's talk about all the trade stuff finally. I, I, we've been going through the Ducks and the COVID and all this crazy stuff going on. But more Ducks rumors about trades. We talked about Gibson last time. We had a fan question about that. Um, uh, we had Brandon uh, underscore G86. He asked from Instagram. Same thing. Hearing a lot of people talk about Gibson being traded. What's our thoughts? Uh, I kind of put that out there from the last show. And I'll have to say with you guys uh, out there, you guys are one or the other. You're all in on trading Gibson or you're completely upset at it even being mentioned and are like, what are you even talking about? So... Now, granted, that's before Dole still played, so I don't know how everybody thinks now after that. But my whole thing on this, and I, I talked about this way back in the beginning when Gibson came on. I had I had no problem with this contract uh, as far as the money and signing him to a deal. I just didn't like how long it was. I, I am not a big fan of these seven, eight, nine-year deals. Not really for any player. But for, for, for goalies, that it's a tough spot and they break down. I, I don't like that, that length of term. So um, is it going to happen or not? Uh, we talked about it on the last show and I said that the Ducks should look into it as far as what they could get. Um, but again, this goes back to the whole GM thing. Is Solomon going to make the decision or are they going to wait for someone else? And the trade, lines, uh, trade deadline's coming up. There's a lot of question marks. They got to figure that stuff out. So if Gibson is the guy, then there's no point worrying about it. So it's it's, it's done deal. Now, if they are willing to entertain offers and they get a really good offer, then are they going to go with Dostal and Stolars um, here on out? And that's another thing they got to figure out. They got those guys signed through next season. Uh, Dostal's an RFA. Stolars is a UFA. Both uh, th- that happens in 23, 24. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's a crazy situation. I could see the team going either way. I, I mean, I I lean towards at least look into it. That's what I said on the last show. I'm not hard on one way or another. Like, hey, they, they got to move them or they don't. Um, but but what do you think, Eddie? I mean, you think the Ducks should try and trade them and, and then roll with Dolstal and Stolars? Or do you think they just hang on to them? And just don't worry about that because, you know, obviously we got to worry about Manson, Raquel, and Lindholm. That's another issue, which we're going to talk about that in just a second because there's other trade rumors with other players. But in terms of just the goalie situation, what do you, what do you think, Eddie? What's your take? You have to make sure Dostal is going to be the real deal. I don't think Stolarz could could be that, that level that Gibson is. I mean, Dostal is, is kind of projected to be that that top goalie for the for the Ducks in the near future. So if that's the case, you got to get him some more games. You got to get him in the mix a little bit more. Um, Gibson would fetch a huge return. It'd be one of the biggest blockbuster trades you can imagine, and it'd be a game changer for the Ducks, whatever players they get, if they play it right, especially come trade deadline where you know teams are poised to, to kind of 
overpay for players, but that kind of level of, of goaltender is a game changer for teams that can push them over the edge to get a Stanley Cup. You have teams like Edmonton that has a lot of assets that needs that. that the only thing they're missing is that elite level goalie. They have a player like him. Who knows what's going to happen, but you're going to trade a player like Gibson over there. You're, you're going to have to give up, like I said, Drysdale. He's, or he's asked, he has to be part of that. You, you can't just trade him just for the, the for draft picks and, and prospects that are there that might pan out. You have to have a player that's that's going to be up there and be an instant superstar and, and really push his team over that edge. If I'm any GM in any of the hockey teams, including the Ducks, I would take offers and listen to every person on your roster, including Zegers. Because I, I know how bad that sounds, but you're telling me if, if you have players like Austin Matthews, McDavid, or McKinnon that these GMs are willing to give up to get Zegers, you better be entertaining those ideas. I'm not saying it's going to happen, and anyone would be crazy to do that at this point. Uh, but just saying every player should should be at least entertained because you never know when a GM can just th- throw you a big deal, kind of a gamble to, to get a player, a flashy player like that. It could be a game changer. We've seen numerous GMs make mistakes trading players and vice versa. So I think every player on any team too should uh, should be entertained the idea of being traded. Any of these GMs should always accept offers and no one should be off that off-limits thing because like I, I, I've said it before, it's a typical cliche in the hockey world, but... Uh, come on, if Wayne Gretzky got traded, I, I think anyone in the National Hockey League can get traded. There's no safeguard for anyone, minus if you have a terrible contract. But even then, you have a really bad contract. You have teams like Arizona that are willing to eat those contracts up for, for assets and draft picks. So, I mean, do I think it's going to happen? I doubt it. I think the way the Ducks are, uh, the way they're transitioning to this new team, this new style they're playing, I think Gibson's going to be an asset. He's going to be a game changer too. When the Ducks are ready to be serious, serious contenders into the mix, where every uh, season they're coming in, you have Terry being that 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 elite player. You have Zegris elevating his game, being that that elite player, and you really get in, in the fold of things, and you really are taken seriously as a contender. I think Getzoff is a goalie that you're going to want to have, but if you have other goalies in the pipeline that can play up to his. To, to his caliber, then it's something that that to consider. And, and Getzloff, I mean, I'm sorry, Gibson, he, he's not going to lose steam in the next few years. He, he's going to be that elite style goalie for the next few years. Yeah, his contract's a little long, and toward the end of that contract, he's probably not going to be that goalie he once was. But he can still be that 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 pretty much one B goalie that can still steal you games. That can still come out there and, and play that that good role and be better than just a backup goalie. So it's it's going to be. It, that's going to be something interesting. The uh, the the trade deadline this season is going to be interesting. The committee not to kind of make a premature decision, but you have to figure out what you're going to do before this deadline comes because there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. You can't just have them on an interim GM and then bring in someone else after the fact and expect them to clean up the mess. It, it's just not going to work out. You're setting them up for failure, and I, that's not fair at all. But yeah, I, I, yeah, we're going to keep hearing Getzoff's name on the or Gibson's name. I'm sorry, I keep saying Getzoff. I'm thinking about him too much. <laughs> You're going to keep hearing Gibson's name a lot come up, but I, I don't think anything happens anytime soon. Um, I think the best time would have would to trade him if the Ducks came in this season and they were just atrocious again and they weren't getting it together and, and like you really wanted to go full rebuild which we thought this season was going to be that way but the ducks are just playing a different style of hockey and we're seeing them and what they're capable of so i would like i said i would say to hold on to them but just still entertain ideas and still see what value you can get with them if someone makes you just like a completely outlandish offer then why not pull the trigger and just kind of 
change the game and change the, the Ducks if it's going to better them. Yeah, I'm with you. If they're going to make a trade, it's got to be something stupidly good in favor of Anaheim. Because, like you said, yes, those still played well, but that was one game. I mean, come on. That's a small sample size. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm big on this guy, too. But like you said, it's one game. And Stolarz, you know, he's he's been playing okay. He's been playing good. Yeah, he has two as well. But, I mean, if you're going to do that, then you have to absolutely know that one of those two guys is going to be your guy. And if not, then, I mean, you're, you're going to get into this re- revolving goalie situation. I don't want that. So I don't think we're there yet. I, I, I'm with you. I think the Ducks keep Gibson uh, at least at least for a few more seasons until they figure out something. Unless, like you said, it's some big-ass, stupid-ass deal that someone's going to throw us some crazy player and, and picks and stuff. I, I, I mean, okay. But I, I just I don't see it happening. I really don't. I, and I'm kind of tired of all the trade discussions. kind of gotten old, to be honest. But... I mean, you know, Brandon wanted to ask about it, and it still floats out there, and other people, I still see people talking about it. So um, I think that's the least of the worries for the Ducks. The biggest thing uh, is trying to figure out what they're going to do with their other players, Manson, Raquel, and Lindholm. And then we had this from uh, Jeff Merrick on, on Sportsnet. He talked about Jacob uh, Chikrin at Arizona. They're talking about the Coyotes are shopping him. And then he mentioned at least 10 teams were involved and that the Ducks, Kings, and Blues might be the ones that would fit the bill. Arizona's looking for a young player, a top prospect, and a first-round pick. So that got a lot of people talking about that. And, and, and will the Ducks be in the mix? You know, most of the time I hear these trades uh, and, and that the Ducks are in the mix. And a lot of times I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not really a big fan. But this is one... That I think the Ducks could do, Eddie. Um, you know, some of the names that come to mind. I talk about young players. Thinking about maybe Steele or Comtois, uh, top prospect Perot or Tracy, draft pick. Right? Would that would that be enough? I don't know positionally if that's what Arizona is looking for. The Ducks definitely have stuff to involve it. You know, and throw in there to to be in that discussion and go for this guy. Uh, Chickren hasn't played as well this season, but you know he had a forty-one point. Um, season last year in 56 games. He had 26 points the previous season, uh, 63 games. I mean, he's had over 20 points every uh, season except for 2017-18. Solid two-way defenseman, left-handed shot. I definitely think the Ducks entertain this and go for it. I, I, I think then, you know, you have to figure out, again, what are you going to do with Manson and Lindholm? I mean, how, how is this going to figure in there? Are you going to trade these guys? Are you going to give these guys extensions? What's going to happen? So that, that factors into the decision. But as far as exploring this and talking to Arizona and seeing if you can work out a deal, this is one I think that the Ducks should seriously consider. Um, you know, like I said, he hasn't he hasn't played quite as well recently, but he, you know he's also playing on Coyotes, right? But he's a solid asset um, that could help the Ducks, and and maybe if they go out and get him, they wouldn't have as much pressure on themselves with with Manson Lindholm. They're still gonna have to figure it out, but at least if if you lost. One of them, you still had uh, this him to come in here and replace. I, I mean, it just kind of makes sense to me. It's something that the Ducks should uh, seriously consider, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, I wouldn't be upset. He's, he's 23. He's young. He's He'll be a UFA after the 20, 24, 25 season. And he's had a reasonable cap at $4.6 So we have that, that leverage on, on his cap. 
it's worth you know I guess worth the gamble to see if he fits the mold of the team but he, he's a good defenseman he's playing on a bad team right now but he's still just putting up decent numbers for the bad team he's playing on I know Arizona wants a big return if they can do something like you said uh, Steele or Comtois Perot or Tracy and a first round pick I say pull the trigger on it I, I don't know if, if I'm Arizona I'd be trying to ask for McTavish which I, I, I would be no on that. If you even think about saying Zegris, it'd be a laughing stock and just hang up the phone right there. Wait till April after the trade deadline so we can make an April Fool's joke. But I think it's something that the Ducks should consider, especially that they're kind of getting into the serious team aspect like now. And it seems like this rebuild was going to be, it's going to be short and it's not going to be a rebuild that's going to last for years and years. It seems like the way this team is, is trending up that, we we make a few moves here and there. Uh, some of our players develop and come back next season even stronger. This team's going to be dangerous, and this team's going to be one of those teams that's that's you know one of those teams that I got to mess with anymore. And people are going to take us seriously, and everyone's going to be talking about how the Ducks have that chance to win the Stanley Cup uh, each in every season. So I think this is a good move to make. Like I said too, we have a lot of uh, a lot of important trade deadline stuff that we had to get through and we're going to talk about this a lot a lot and a lot more come trade deadline comes closer but you have three ufas that that you can't afford to lose you, you can't that's game changing right there if, if you lose Linholm, manson raquel and you don't get anything in return someone's gone and most people are gone most of the front office if you're part of that in charge of, of making those kind of decisions you should be gone you, you can't be like other teams to lose big players like that you got to figure it out or make a move and try to bring a player like him, like him, and if it takes uh, Arizona trying to take away uh, Raquel too, even though he's he's going to be a UFA, to add him into the mix, just so you're still getting a return from him and add other assets for that, do that as well. But you have to figure out something, and you definitely have to figure out. I think Lenholm has uh, is the biggest asset we have, minus uh, that are the, the UFAs coming up. So you definitely can't and should not lose him and not get anything in return. If you want to offer him a contract, a contract extension, so be it. But he's one of those players that you just can't let walk and not get anything for it. It's just going to be, it's going to be detrimental to the team. It's just going to make whoever's in charge of making those decisions look really bad, and you're going to lose a lot of confidence in and what you're doing if you do a move like that. So I think he's a really good trade candidate. It's something the Ducks that should be in the mix for and make an offer but obviously you're not going to want to get your arm and a leg especially if we're still in that kind of gray area of what we don't know what we are yet so it's it's going to be really it's going to be nerve-wracking it's going to be fun I, I think mike this is going to be a really fun trade deadline for uh for ducks fans i think it's something that i'm pretty sure we're both going to try to cover live all day like we have in the past yeah, this one's going to be different, right? No more uh, Bob Murray, the trade deadline. So we'll have to see what happens if Solomon's still in charge, right? Or they switch over. But yeah, it's going to be crazy time because, like you said, you got Raquel, Lenholm, Manson. You can't let those three go for nothing. If you do that, that that's a big mistake, uh, big time. But yeah, with Chikrin, I, I'm with you. If they're talking about McTavish, I'd be like, hell no. If it's Zegris or Drysdale, hell no. You guys can pound sand. But uh, like you said, like throwing Raquel in there, maybe that's something that they would want. It would fit in their lineup. They're, you know, I, I don't know exactly what they're looking for in terms of players positionally. They're just saying young player, top prospect, first round pick, according to what Jeff said on the broadcast. So, I, but I think that if there's a deal to be made there with Anaheim, certainly they could they could meet that bill like he talked about. 
Um, also, speaking of Matavish, too, I forgot to mention this. He was involved in a trade with the um, at the OHL level. I did mention it. And I know some of you freaked out on social media. That wasn't my intent, so I apologize for that. But um, the uh, the OHL Peets and the Hamilton Bulldogs, they made a trade. McTavish was sent to Hamilton uh, for a couple of players and a bunch of draft picks. It's just an OHL trade. It doesn't affect his rights with the Ducks and the Anaheim organization. I just wanted to mention that real quick. Just so anybody's freaked out about that. I just try to always put out the news for you guys of any little thing that I see that happens. So it was just a little... Um, you know, OHL trade. So nothing affecting. He's still with the Ducks. But uh, back to this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Chikrin. I, I think it's something that the Ducks could look into. Another one that came up there, too, uh, that, that's out there is John uh, Klingberg from Dallas. He has requested a trade. Another defensive player out there. This one I'm not as big on as Chikrin. Um, you know, Klingberg's a little bit older, obviously. Um He's he's had good seasons. He's he's had a lot of uh, uh you know great like he's had thirty point seasons every season, um except his last season, but uh or the current season I should say. But again, it's in the middle of the season. Um, so he's another one to look into the mix. But he's older. Uh, he's you know five six years older than Chikrin. Chikrin's the one that I would look at, uh, especially because he's got a couple years left on his contract um, to, to to look at, but. You know what? What do you think, Eddie? I mean, you think they should even entertain this this guy at all, or you think Chickren's kind of the the one that they look at? Because you know, these are a couple names that are being thrown out there on the defensive side of the puck. Well, Clayberg's a really good defenseman. He had a lot of solid years in, in, over there in Dallas. Uh, he's uh, they're having a, a kind of a terrible season this season, so maybe his numbers uh, kind of translate to that. But you have to stop and think. His age, he's 29 years old. Uh, he's coming. He's about to be a UFA right now. He's having contract disputes right now with Dallas. So I think that's part of the reason why he requested the trade. You have to understand how inflated the defenseman market's going to be uh, come free agency. These players are going to, like I, I keep referring back to Seth Jones and the contract that he got. Uh, Kleinberg's probably going to want 9, 9.5 plus, and he's probably going to get it for a team desperate enough that, that needs his services. So uh, do you really want the Ducks to pay that 9.5 plus for X amount of years for a 29-year-old defenseman that is going to start his declining years and Ducks are just stuck with that when we can get someone at 23 years old with a reasonable cap hit and we can still make other moves to better the team? Yeah, he still has a few years of that kind of elite level play, I would say, but it, it's kind of worth that that risk. Do you want to pay for a defenseman to get you know a few years out of them, and then when they're on the decline, you're still going to pay them that high amount, and now you're kind of stuck because you have to buy out, and we have to run into the Corey Perry situation where you're paying that that cap still in that second year when you bought out, you're paying that enormous amount of it. You can't. It really ties your hands. I think with Chikrin, it's you have more opportunity to to get that that higher caliber defenseman. And at 23 years old, he's still kind of developing, and, and he could still be that that better defenseman and that, that like kind of elite level defenseman too uh, than he already is right now. And you still have flexibility to bring in uh, a scorer, or hey, if you want a, a solid uh, another solid backup goalie, if you want to entertain the idea of trading Gibson, and you want to go grab a an elite goalie off the free agency market, you have that opportunity and flexibility to do that. You sign a defenseman eight, nine million dollars plus at 29 years old for what five, four or five years, you're just kind of stuck. So I think the best and safest route is Chikrin and 
put him on a better team than what he's playing on right now and, and see what he can do. We, you know, his numbers will, you know, probably substantially increase, especially playing on a better team, and, and he can be kind of a game changer for us. And said we can bring in another asset, and with that money saved, we don't have to just have one hand hand tied behind our back. And then what, what translates it to is you bring in these new guys, they don't work out in our system. Okay, cool. We have a guy that could easily be, be moved with a reasonable cap hit and age. If it doesn't work out uh, with the system or doesn't gel well with the team, you sign a guy eight nine million dollars at twenty nine. It's not working out. His numbers are low. Okay, now it's going to be harder. You're going to have to retain salary, and it's just not a, a good ideal trade or a signing right now for the Ducks. So I think that should be a pass for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think Chikrin, if they're going to make a move, that would be a guy to go for, I, for all the reasons you stated. It, it makes more sense. Also, it, it gives the Ducks more options. Uh, Klingberg, they, they could end up getting stuck, in a, you know, and it might not work out as well for them. And like you said, the youth thing is a big thing, too, and that's where this team's headed. So um, I, I, I don't think it would be a bad move. So, so some things to think about. Those two guys are probably on the move, uh, Klingberg and Chikrin. Keep your eye on those guys. So they don't end up in Anaheim, you know, I think there's a good chance both of those guys get moved this season. Um, one other thing that came up with the Ducks in terms of trade, kind of crazy, but uh, David at the fourth period brought up about the Golden Knights thinking about trying to trade for Ryan Kessler. And I know some of you still hit us up about this. So just as a reminder, Kessler still has a contract with the Anaheim Ducks through the end of this season. No, he's not coming back. His hip is com- just horrible, unfortunately. I mean, he's had surgery and everything, but for him to play and be at the level where he can compete and contribute to the team and all that kind of stuff, it's not happening. I'm uh, sorry, unfortunately, it's not. Um, he's not coming back. So this was kind of mentioned that because, you know, he has that LTIR, that maybe it's something that the Golden Knights, who are in a you know they're kind of in the situation now with Eichel, ten million a year. He's on their LTIR, and they're trying to figure it out what they can do with this. Um, you know, and, and we we did talk about the Ducks trying to trade away Kessler's contract last year uh, before, um, but I don't really see this happening. I mean, his contract's over this year. It, it's not really there's not really much benefit to it. I mean. If the Knights are trying to unload some other players to make room for Eichel, I mean, I guess they could kind of do it, but um, it's only going to be for, you know, what, another three, four months and then the season's over with this thing. So it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I did ask Ken that runs the Sinbad Vegas podcast, hey, you know, have you heard anything? Uh, on your end, because, you know, he's pretty tight in over there with the, the Golden Knights. And he said, no, he hadn't heard anything legit about this being considered. Um, and he he's he's in the same opinion. He just doesn't see it really working out. So, I, I mean, it could help the Knights maybe in a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know, Mike. It seemed kind of weird when I first read that. I had to just go into to more detail and see what everyone was talking about. It still doesn't make 100% sense. It seems that there's going to be too many moving parts. And just for a, if he had a little bit more term on his contract, then you can maybe see something working out, assets being retained, blah, blah, blah. And my, my favorite player, future considerations being thrown in the mix. But it just doesn't seem it it it'd it be the right move for the Ducks or the Knights to make. So I, I don't know. I I know that the the Golden Knights are going to have a lot of uh, 
a lot more to talk about, discuss for other teams as far as getting under that cap because they have Pitch Ready and they have Eichel that's been skating and he's ready to come back come February. So they're going to have his 10.5 million cap hit on their books. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do on that level. But as far as Kessler's contracts moving, I can't see that happening at all. Dexter's going to probably going to let it ride it out, and he'll be he'll be off the books come next season. There's one thing I do want to see though. I I, I doubt it's going to happen. I'd love to see Kessler come back for a game. Obviously not to play, but just kind of like a farewell, thank you for everything, give him a little tribute, and then kind of go from there. I think uh, he's done a lot for this organization. Uh, he he was a great player and. And he would have continued to give all to his organization if it wasn't for those hip injuries. And like I said, I wish him nothing but the best. And I hope that he finds a solution so he can enjoy his retirement and have a good quality of life for him and his family. Yeah, I think you hit the big point there is the quality of life for him. And, and yeah, hopefully there is some type of like retirement ceremony for him, um, you know, back in Anaheim. So, yeah, that's it for all the trade-type news for now for the Ducks. Uh, obviously, there's going to be more and more of that in the coming weeks. Uh, well, we'll wrap up here with the league news, some things going on that um, we had, you know, the NHL came out and said that they're not going to participate in the Olympics. We had uh, Chris.poage on Instagram asked about who's going to go to the Olympics. Well, it's not going to beat anybody on the Ducks. I can tell you that much and not anybody in the NHL. So uh, they're out of it. Um, the, the only option is uh, it looks like Matavish might make it for uh, Team Canada. Because, again, remember, he's playing in the OHL. It's a different um, thing. They're not guided under the NHL. So he, he could make it. Um, I don't know if anybody else will. I haven't heard anything else like that. But if it's um, you know any of those leagues that aren't affiliated with the NHL, they still have the chance to go play. But um, you know they're going to have to reschedule these games, as we talked about, that have been postponed in February. So the league decided not to have the NHL participate. And if you didn't catch it, Marchant went off on that. He wasn't really happy um, that, you know, the players weren't given a chance. Um, it's his whole issue. And it, it, things changed. You know, from the last show, we were talking about how they could redo um, the games and maybe make a window there um, for the, the NHL players to go. But now there's like over 50-something games that are postponed. So I don't really think there'd be any kind of a window in February for uh, a player to go and not miss several games for their team. So it's just an unfortunate situation all the way around. I talked about before, I'm not that big on the Olympics, but it, it, it is um, you know just crappy that a player can't even make a decision now. So you know, I'm not a big fan of Marchant's, but I, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from, Eddie. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. Um... I mean, I'm hit or miss because I, I want the part of me wants to see the players in the Olympics, but then part of me doesn't want to risk any injury. Uh, I've been like really excited to see if, how many of the Ducks players would have made it, uh, especially uh, Troy Terry. I wanted to know if his play would have elevated him to make the that roster. I think he would have, and I, I just the way he's been playing, uh, I think he would have been a good addition to it. It's kind of unfortunate, but then you get to stop and think what uh, the old school Herb Brooks said. That uh, that logo in front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. So it's just if you whatever country you want to cheer for and represent, I guess that's all that really matters is, is if that country is going to win. Obviously, USA that uh, both of us are going to go for. It. But I mean, I I love watching hockey in general. So seeing like, that hockey on, on that world stage is going to be fun for me regardless. Um, I shouldn't have to say if the the logo on the front because those USA jerseys this season for the Olympics are terrible, but I'll, I'll still cheer for USA if USA is not in the mix. You know, Canada will be my next, uh, my, my my next one. But 
it should still be a fun tournament. You're going to get guys opportunities that they wouldn't have never had. You might see other guys that 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 are non-pro players get that standout. Uh, former pro players that are playing in, in European leagues or over there in Russia get that opportunity to kind of get back into that mix and maybe get some closure for themselves. They didn't have that closure as far as the NHL. So it should still be a, a fun tournament, even though some of our favorite players aren't going to be on it. I, I would really hope, and I doubt this is going to happen, but I really like would hope that they would uh, just put rosters of who would have made it if the, if the NHL players were going. Because I'm really curious to see what surprises were going to be out there, who made it, what players from the Ducks would have been in the mix. Obviously, John Gibson, Troy Terry were ones. But is there any other players that could have been in the mix? So that that would be fun to see if they actually did that and posted like who would have made it. But then again, that kind of sucks for the players that aren't going. But that's a nice selfish fan talk. Yeah, I mean, it's just an unfortunate situation. And, and now with everything going on, rescheduling, I, I mean, I, I get it. I don't even know if, if guys would want to go because then they're going to miss with their team. What's going on? Now you, you kind of put players in a, in a no-win situation because it's like, okay, I want to go represent my country, but then I'm not going to you know, I'm gonna miss X amount of games depending on how this all this rescheduling goes. It's just a total cluster F, but that's where it's at. So the NHL won't be in the Olympics. And then you did have the IHF. They had uh, canceled most of their tournaments, but then they had the existing men's that was going on. McTavish was in that. He had some goals. Then they ended up canceling that one too. So there's none of that, but that caused a lot of outrage as well because you had the women's divisions that did not play and they said it was canceled instead of postponed. So I don't know what's going to happen with the IHF, but they got a lot of heat. So we didn't even get to watch McTavish there, uh, you know, for a couple of games, and then that was it. So that's gone. So now it's it's back to the NHL, and uh, we'll talk about the poll question in a minute. Just kind of crazy stuff going on uh, there. So uh, it's just like I said, it, be prepared for uncertainty. That's the only thing that is certain, unfortunately. But um, we, we had some stuff around the NHL, some uh, kind of interesting stuff. Um, we had Mark andre Fleury. You know, he was on the Knights, right, in Pittsburgh, but now he's on Chicago, and he is the first NHL goalie to um, have a win against every other team. So th- I thought that was amazing. And then you've also got six NHL players that have scored against every team. Pacioretty, Broussard, Kessel, Granlin, Hoffman, and Lucic. So some pretty interesting stats there, Eddie. Yeah, that, that's just that's something really special. It's one of those things, especially for him. Uh, we, we I think everyone loves Mark Andre Fleury. He's like the Slani of goaltenders, I guess. I think him and Carey Price are, are part of one of those goalies that everyone just loves. So uh, him getting that, the, being the first goal in NHL history to get a win against every NHL team against his last former team, the Golden Knights. That was really special for him. That. Uh, those six players, too, uh, that scored a goal against every team, that was actually pretty interesting to see Milan Lucic in the mix for that. I know uh, we all know how, what kind of player he is and how his decline. So I guess that's a special stat for him to have. He's, he's going to be a part of that. Only six. I'm looking forward to a, a, a Ducks player getting into this category. Hopefully hopefully soon in the future we have a, a player, <coughs> Troy Terry, since he's going off this season. Hopefully he just keeps... He keeps going and going and going. He'd be one of the players, but it's going to be fun to see uh, Ducks player get in one of these stat categories. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting when you can do that against every single team. Obviously, it has to be some kind of a trade involved in there because, I, I mean, if you're going to score against – you can't score against your own team, right? Well, the Ducks – we, unfor- we well, unfortunately, <laughs> the Ducks did have some of that this week. Uh, 
sadly. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing feat. And yeah, I'm with you. I think Fleury is kind of like the Solania goalies. He's you know he's he's well liked. Uh, I like him too. I, I mean, uh, he's exciting to watch. He's got he's also another one with a good personality too. So. Uh, just some interesting th- some things that have happened recently and some stats to keep in mind. Um, now, going towards someone that's not your favorite player, we had Evander Kane again in the news. And San Jose decided that they're done. And they put him on uh, unconditional waivers and terminated his contract. But now the Players Association's gotten involved and they're filing a grievance. I really don't know how this is going to work out. It's a cluster F. Um, issue is obviously over money. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know how it's going to play out. It's kind of, I, I don't know if the situation's happened before like this where um, it's gone this way. I, I have to double check, but I, I don't remember a situation similar to this. And then, of course, people aren't happy with the Players Association. I mean, they got to do what they got to do. They got to protect their players regardless of what their players do and whatnot. But um, I don't know, Eddie, what, what do you think about this? I mean, it, I mean, I think Kane should be gone, but what do you think about the the Players Association getting involved in this? Well, apparently he violated an AHL COVID protocol. That's what kind of made this contract termination be pushed forward and him being placed on waivers. But I can't see a team taking a chance on him. People say he's still an elite scorer. He has too much looming over his head. There's It's too much drama do you want to you know, just bring that kind of negative energy to your locker room every team he's been on there's been issues with him and teammates with him and management with him with discipline issues i mean like how many chances can you get uh you're a you're a professional nhl hockey player the key word is being professional which comes first before professional athlete you haven't act professional in your career the drama you brought through the league where you having news outlets that never cover hockey that covered stuff like this makes this league look like a disgrace. Uh, I think you're done. Uh, I don't think any team should take a chance on you. I think it's time for you to 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 leave on a jet plane and don't come back. Uh, I go to the KHL. You'll fit perfect over there. And it's just I think it just be it'd be a, a bruise and a, a, a kind of a, a step back. For the NHL to bring a player like this back in the groove of mix, and I think any team that does this would just be desperate for anything. It's going to be a mistake, and their their locker room is going to suffer from this because you think other players, or other teams aren't looking at this and seeing like what the hell is going on. There's video of him holding a gun to his wife and threatening her. Like, how much more can you can you get with this guy? How many more chances can you get? This guy is just a cancer to hockey. He doesn't belong in this league at all. He, he just. Like I said, I, you know what? In my opinion, too, I think the KHL is even a step up for him. I think he should never play professional hockey again in his life. You know what? Screw it. I don't think he should, he should be part of a beer league team because I've never seen any beer leaguers act like his behavior and do that. So I think he should just cut it, cut it, be broke, go get a normal job like the rest of us, and be done with hockey. Oh, well said, man. I I don't have anything to add. I, I'm with you. I'm just I'm over it, but. That that's that's where it's at right now. So we'll see what happens with the players' association that grievance if it goes anywhere, if anything. But uh, yeah, he he should be done from hockey like forever. <laughs> so so now you know what's the deal with the league? What's going on? I know a lot of people are frustrated. The um, uh, players have having all these positive tests. A lot of them uh, no symptoms. Players aren't sick. Uh, you know, they're not being able to play. I know, especially for the Ducks, they're very frustrated. Only Sam Carrick, as of right now, was actually sick. 
Um, so we put on a poll question, you know, what do you guys think that the league should do? We gave you basically three choices. We said uh, proceed as is, uh, shorten it, or, you know, change testing. And then we also, you know, had an option, you know, if you think other, put something else out there. But I, I was surprised most of you out there um, said just keep on going as is. It was like almost half of you felt that way. Uh, and then there was a big, another chunk of you, a little over 40% said to change the testing. And then a very, very small percentage, I want to say 4 or 5% that said shorten the league uh, down. So I think it's interesting. One thing that came up is that when the Ducks had the wave of all those positive tests, then Aiken said that they were using a different test and that it would take a little bit longer. But I don't know. It seems maybe it's more accurate because that was, I, I want to say that that day uh, when they were supposed to play Detroit, I think they switched maybe that Friday. And I don't know which tests are which. I, I'm not really sure, so I can't speak to that. But um, the Ducks have been fine, knock on wood, since then. So, you know, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, what what are, what tests are we using? I mean, what are we doing here? And I did mention on the last show about the NFL. The NFL is not testing everybody as much. So, I mean, I think something's got to happen. I mean, they did the taxi squad thing. That made sense. But uh, what do you think, Eddie? I mean, half the people think just keep on going as is. And then almost half think, well, yeah, keep going, but do something with the testing. So what's your take on all this? Figure it the F out because it's, it's a big disaster. It's, it's getting to the point it's so annoying to try to watch at times. All these postponed games... Uh, all these these COVID protocols, you have a stuffy nose or something. It seems like going on the protocol. I mean, what do you expect? It's called cold and flu season. Uh, it just it happens every season. I can tell you every single year the two times I'm going to get sick. And it happens every single year. And it happened this year. Am I going to supposed to like rearrange my whole life because of that? No, I'm not. Because I, I know, you know for the past like 10 years of my life, the exact times I'm going to get sick within a week or two. And it always happens, never fails. And, and go figure, it comes at these certain times for cold and flu. Or, it's just something has to change. Not everything is COVID. Not everything is a, should be labeled as COVID. Like They need to fix this really quick. If not, I'd say cancel the damn season. If you're going to be this, this retentive about it and not really dive into it and and, and not just let the, the, the league go as is, What's going to happen when playoffs happen? Uh, if something happens like this, you're losing three, four players, and now a team's just going to jeopardize. What if the Ducks really turn it around, they get some players they add, and they really come serious contenders? Come come postseason, you're missing three, four guys because you know they have the sniffles, they have allergies, they get that summer cold. Um, I don't know, they, they eat something spicy, they cough too hard or something, and all of a sudden they're in COVID protocol, and now you're missing some of your best players, and now the Ducks are out of a playoff mix, and they lose because of that. Like You have to do something to fix it. If, if you're going to just uh, continue this way, I'd say just cancel it. I, I don't want to see the season canceled. I want to see it played out. Uh, this is just getting ridiculous, and it's getting annoying. And it's, I'm sure the players are annoyed with it. And like we had that fan question earlier, like the, the whole resting, you're going to take another break before the postseason, bring all these teams back, and they're going to be rusty. And it's just not fun, not a good look. You have to figure it out. Other leagues have figured it out. So why can't you? Like It's like you want to follow the leagues and doing all the other crap that you want to do with advertisements here, advertisements there. And try to be like oh, the other leagues. All right, we'll try to be like them now and emulate that and follow their testing procedures that they're not getting all these players on, on COVID protocols every single day or counseling all these games. 
Yeah, frustration is the key word there that you've hit on, Eddie, and I think that's been the problem with this is is it's like every game day now, I don't even know what to expect anymore. I, it's like I, I do the game preview and then I put what's on there at that time and then it changes like five times during the day. And if you guys don't know, I do update the game previews throughout the day. Sometimes I, I wait till about an hour or so before the game because it's like... You just don't know when there's moves done and what happened. And then the Detroit one, it was completely like, oh, well, we're just going to do this another day. I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, there was a lot going on that day. So it's not easy and it's frustrating. And, you know, and I think it's very frustrating for the players because you have to understand they have to go get tested all the time. I mean, they can't practice with, with positive tests. So, I mean... It's like you out there, you're going to work every day you get tested. The test comes back positive. Now you can't go to work. I mean, they did shorten it from 10 to 5 days per the CDC, which is good. But, I mean, there's been issues with testing. It's that's not. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of false positives going on. They've talked about this. The LeBron had that. You know, I'm not a big fan of his, but he, he talked about it. It's, it's happened with NFL players, too. So... I don't know what new test Aikens is talking about. Hopefully, if that one's more efficient, they can at least do that. But they, they definitely got to figure out something because it, it's going to be a problem. Um, and, and then if people are losing in the playoffs and all this other kind of stuff, I mean, I don't know. It, it's a cluster, but I, I think they have to figure out something and, and change something or else it's going to be just uncertainty forever. And... Uh, it, it, it just, I don't know, for the players, it's got to be frustrating because you're trying to go to the rink and practice and then you find out you have that come back as positive, but then you're not sick and you have no symptoms. Now you're out for five days. Then you try to retest to come back. I mean, it's just a cluster F, the whole thing. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Ducks still got uh, four games um, to redo uh, and a lot of other teams have all that too. So I think February is going to be a, a interesting month now. It's going to be nothing, but now it's going to be full of games. So no updates on that. The league hasn't really changed anything other than, like I said, Aiken said the Ducks are using new tests, which I, I don't know what those are. So that's where we're at right now. The Ducks are still battling out, like we said. Yes, they're in the playoff mix. We'll see how they do. Um, you know, a lot of questions with the GM. They're doing the search. They're going to try and figure it out. I still think it's an exciting time. The Ducks are still fun to watch. You had a lot of these players debuting this time, um, this last um, week or so, Eddie. So um, the uncertainty part isn't good, but uh, it's still fun to watch the Ducks. They're being competitive, and you're getting to see a lot of young talent on the ice. So that's the good part of this. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I, t- I said before, this season has been different from the seasons before. Seasons before have just... It's like you could predict the Ducks, how they're going to play. I mean, Mike, we've talked about it numerous times. We've watched some horrible games. We're like, whoa, what's going on? Like, I'd rather watch paint and dry at some of the games that we watch, but this season has been different. It's just you've seen a lot of energy. You've seen the team having fun. Zegris brings a lot. He's a ball of energy, and I think his the way he is, it just it, it kind of it just kind of grows on people. He, he just he's just always funny he's always talking he's always laughing you see him on the bench the smile on his face his expressions i've heard gets off talking about his personality our coach talked about his personality i i think he's one of the, those those players that just kind of helps everyone else around him relax by his calm demeanor and his personality it's, it's good to see 
And I don't know. This team just looks a lot more re uh, relaxed and loose. Now, I really think that rebuild word and, and Bob Murray, I think that was the, the best thing he could have done for the team was finally come out and admit that this team is going through a rebuild. So it takes the pressure off the players, and the players can just go out there. They can play hockey, have fun, and that's what it seems like they're doing. It seems like every game they're having fun. Yeah, they get frustrated, of course, but for the most part, it's like every game they're just playing with that that loose level style, and and they really just are gelled well, and, and you can just tell this – the chemistry on this team is just out of this world and that's something you love to see and it's something that you should be like absolutely excited for for the future this team just the way it's going it's going to be a dangerous team again and i i really just can't wait until we're talking about like stanley cup playoffs or be a contender or how even winning that stanley cup because now it seems more in a reachable point than it did a few seasons ago yeah it's definitely we've definitely turned the ship back around and going back in a in a better direction for sure uh, where before it was like, oh my God, when is this going to end? We're playing like horrible. So definitely a lot of positives for the Ducks. Still in the mix. Still going to be an exciting season. A lot of young talent. See what happens with this team. Um, keep doing our shows and everything like that. Um, and, um, you know, I just want, I guess just to kind of end here, we had, uh, you know, that tragedy with the, the Balkan family. So we just want to give our thoughts and prayers out to them. They, they lost their uh, son who had a, a freak collision um on ice so i just wanted to put that out there um you know the hockey community is a tight community so um just thoughts and prayers with their family i don't know if you wanted to add anything eddie just kind of seemed like a freak play but um just want to throw that out there as we wrap out the show and, and wish them the best it's got to be tough no yeah i know i think you said it perfect uh, thoughts and prayers to his family uh to anyone else to everyone that's lost their lives that's part of the game uh, it's just like you said, we're a tight community. Uh, you go places. It's like you meet a hockey fan, you're instantly drawn because there's so few of us, minus Canada. You guys are awesome over there. You guys have hockey fans everywhere. But it's one of those things that's sad. It, it's just, it's, we wish it didn't happen, but it did. And all we had to do is just give uh, our thoughts and prayers for his family. And, and hopefully um, the healing process could could begin for them and they can they can kind of move forward and never uh, never forget his memory and always remember every good thing that he, he he's accomplished at his young age uh well said eddie um just to wrap up uh don't forget to check out we have uh, buckedup.com you can go to uh use the code ducks and pucks 93 for a discount there we also have uh, zstack life Dot com for multivitamin i got a discount on there for you guys now just type in my name mike you'll get i think five or ten percent i'm not sure exactly what i can't remember right now but another discount for that so kind of in line with our our health sponsor type thing that we're going with so um looking forward to doing a lot more things in the future and like i said we'll talk about those as the as the time comes but thank you for the support and all the uh, questions again hope you guys had a good christmas and and new year's and uh we'll be back hopefully in a week and let's go ducks